Hello, everybody, and welcome back to another week of the Blue Surge Podcast. Episode 117, I want to say. It's Mike, Joe, Ibby in the background, hanging out as we do every single week to share Pokemon news, Pokemon opinions, whatever else is going on in the trading card game. Joe, how are you doing today? Pretty tired. I just finished four days of work in a row, so uh, I've been kind of on-off sleepy, just kind of hanging out and just trying to relax today. And what better way to relax about talking about Pokemon cards? Good old Pokemon cards. Glad to hear that. You know that. what? Like I'm thinking about this now. 25 years, right? Pokemon's been for 25 years, and people are, are still called Pokemans. Pokemons. Like, you'd think at this point, people would universally know, like, Pokemon. Yeah, but you also got to remember, it's still a generational thing, right? I think there's more generations around Pokemon now than there's not. There are, but that's just who you hear it from, right? I mean... <laughs> no, I don't, I don't think, think like, you're our age. I, I don't think I've ever heard, like, a, an adult or, like, a kid or anyone in between be like, Yeah, the Pokemans! Except for you. You say that. I say it intentionally, though. I know. That's what I'm saying. I don't know. Maybe. Maybe I just haven't been paying attention enough. Maybe you've just you've just, uh, you've just uh, recognized this deep-rooted problem that we've had, and we've just never noticed it from now that no I'm one just addressing it from the community. Well, community, if this is a problem, we will, uh, we will be at the front edge of it. We'll be at the front lines, and we will fix people who don't say Pokemon correctly. Does that make you feel better, Joe? It does. I don't want to get triggered. Pokemon pronunciation advocates. Moving on. We are recording this on June 22nd. It is around 4.45 p.m. Again, this is a Tuesday. So as always, if there's any news that posts after this, we will not be covering it. I would have recorded closer towards the end of the week, but I'll be out of town. So we can't just do the Joe podcast. We could just do the we We, we threaten the Joe podcast about every month, don't we? What do you mean, threaten? <laughs> every, I feel like every five or six weeks, we're like, oh, man, we almost had just Joe this week. What would the show be about this week if it was just you? Uh, Rock V. That's it. Would it be like a five-minute show, or would you really just have like 30 minutes on Rock and the viability of V and VMAX? Uh, I probably spent 45 minutes rambling a bunch of cards and looking on Shop TCG Player to figure out what cards would go into like a Rock V and V Max deck. Oops, spoilers. You're gonna be sitting there being like, ah, you know, ooh, let me look up that card. I think there's a random, I think there's a random Tropius that's really cool. Oh, what's that one? What's that one? That one trainer, Lost Foot Sock or whatever it is. Like you just named the like most random cards that exist. Four in the of game. Lucky Popsicle in every deck. But I don't. At a certain point, I'd be like, "Okay, bye, guys. We're done." And then you forget to stop the recording. Yeah. And cue up a smite match. And then we hear, hear that. me cursing in the background. <laughs> yes, you just. We would just hear you raging. It'd be quite an episode. But again, we have we have uh, we have played with the idea, never quite executed it, but maybe one day. This week would have been the week, but it's just not happening. We do have a pretty awesome show planned for you guys this week. We have some product news that we'll kind of get by quickly as we normally do when we record. We have some news concerning Worlds 2022, which is actually very, very important for our competitive listeners. And then finally, we have a bunch of cards that have been revealed 
Some we will skim over more than others just because they're really – it was between like 15 and 20, and it's just not worth covering every single solitary one if they don't bring any value to the competitive scene. So we're going to try to skim through those that aren't as competitive and put some detail into the ones that we think could be. First on the list is the news. We got information about our, as in the English, V-Union product coming out. The V-Union, I guess we'll call it a box. It's a placeholder name at the moment. I'm looking at this Poco Beach post, and it kind of talks about the Japanese coverage that we talked about last week. And it says here, right now the product has been placeholder name of V-Union box. It is interesting to note this product will release one day after Fusion Arts, which should be Japan's first V-Union set. So we should probably get that after our or during our Sword and Shield 8 set, which is going to be the fall one, probably around mid-November. Like, honestly, I'm really hoping that these V-Union boxes are just the V-Unions and we don't get V-Unions in a set. We're definitely going to get them in a set. Oh, that seems so difficult, though. Actually, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. I disagree with my statement. Let me re-say that. I do agree with you because in the promos that have been revealed, the serial number is one to thirteen. Okay, because like the other the other option I can think of, what a lot of other other uh, card games do, is like put like a promo inside the booster box. Like, what if they did a packet of like a vegan promo in a booster box? Right. Okay. That'd be cool. Yeah, just some some way to get it. Yeah, because I'm really like like a lot of places did that. Like when we played uh, Munchkins, they did like promo cards, like promo, like leader cards, and like I think Dragon Ball does that. There, I bet you there will be some sort of way because you bring up that point. The Japanese cards read a serial number of one to thirteen, so that generally makes the assumption that because there are a total of twelve cards, we will have some sort of promo. Right, I, I think you're right by that. I think we'll get it either in a, a pin collection or like one of those just boxes. And this might be the first like really sought after product like that. Because normally those promo GXs or Vs are either reprints or just really cruddy versions of the cards that are in the actual set. And if they become playable, it's usually like a year or so later in a really random meta. This would be a very sought-after card, but it'll also probably be like a premium collection where you get Mewtwo. You get all four pieces, one copy of each, and like six packs. I think that's what it'll probably end up being. That'd be ideal, honestly. Yeah. We don't know any information about that past it, but it's just good to kind of get that out there so you know when we could reasonably be expecting V Union. Next up, we have information about some more fall releases in the form of Evolution Tins. We are going to be getting on September 3rd a Vaporeon, Jolteon, and Flareon V tin. These are the normal 20 bucks a piece. I believe you will get four packs. So just like normal tins, you'll get your promo, Jolteon, Flareon, Vaporeon. They are they are alternative arts of the cards from the actual set, so they're not different promos. Normally, the tins aren't different like the collection boxes are, so we won't really go over what Vaporeon, Flareon, and Jolteon do. Very quickly before we move on, Joe, do you think these are going to be flying off the shelves? Because tins are kind of weird. Sometimes tins sell, sometimes they don't. It's 20 bucks for four packs, and you get a promo. What, what do you think about these? Do you think they'll be sought after just because they're the EVs? They're the Evolutions, and they're easy access to the direct card. Uh, they they do it for every evolution just about. 
they have done them in the past. Right. So you so. assume that we'll be getting them, Leafyon, Glaceon. Yeah, they'll they'll be around for a while. Like initially, maybe hard to find, but they'll be sticking around to the point. Like, okay, well now we have these tins here. We stop looking at these tins. I agree. I like that. Anything else you want to add about our news? Again, it's just product related right now. But any additional comments before we move on? Mm mm. And finally here, before we move into our next big piece of news, again, we cover the product information. Those of you who ordered Chilling Rain ETBs, Pokemon Center ones, over the past week, Pokemon Center announced that there was a manufacturing error with the exclusive Chilling Rain ETB boxes. These were supposed to come with 10 packs, but they will only include the normal eight. By the time you're listening to this, you probably already received them. But in case you haven't... Um, Normally, we would have Ibby talk, but because of the way we're recording, we're just going to kind of cover the story for him. Ibby was one of the people that ordered the ETBs from the Pokemon Center, uh, along with a couple of our friends as well. And the only thing we want to cover on this is that you need to check your junk mail. Because when we found this news, Joe, I remember you sent it out to the group of people that we play with. Those of you who ordered ETBs were like, I haven't gotten an email. I guess I'm good. Checked your junk mail, and there the email was, sitting there waiting for them. So double-check your email, guys. If you ordered an ETB and you somehow don't have it yet, um, double-check your email, check your spam, check your junk, because that information might be there. Again, I don't know if it is a guarantee that each ETB is coming with eight packs, but with the assumption that it will be, you need to make sure you check that, because with that ETB, you will be receiving $10 credit, I assume, to the Pokemon Center store two additional Chilling Rain booster packs, and three promos of Galarian, Articuno, Zapdos, and Moltres. So they are compensating for the issue they had in manufacturing these products. So we just kind of wanted to cover that information for you listeners, just in case you missed it. In which, in turn, we found out that the price of those birds uh, seemed to have gone down a bit on the online market. Big, t- Which is good, though. I mean, this this sucks for the people that bought them. Kind of, sort of. I mean, they have to wait longer probably for the rest of the the products. Again, who knows when people are getting them. I'm sure some people got them quicker than later. But the awesome news out of it really is that it lowers those prices, right? That's the coolest thing about it. <laughs> to me, yeah. So, awesome. No, no, that, Pokemon's being proactive and trying to do something about it too, which is super nice. Which doesn't always happen. No. Right? With a lot of companies, especially one this size, that is not always the case. So it's like awesome. Like, the two packs, and that's probably about it, right? But right. The two packs, but you get 10 bucks back, you get the promos, and I, I do agree. I think it's a very, very cool gesture by Pokemon. Anything else on that topic? No. Just an FYI for a lot of people out there. And I think it's a really good FYI to add, so I was glad that we kind of fit that in there. Next up, we will move on from the product and ETB-related news and talk about the 2022 Championship Series. So to basically break this down, the two thresholds go as following, as far as we know right now. Worlds will be four days now, and I don't know if it was four days before. Again, it's been literally almost two years since we had one. The first day, Thursday, will be for those who already qualified for Worlds. So you will assume that there is a Swiss round for those players who already qualified. On Friday... Those will consist, that day will consist of the players who got CP from the 2022 season, who qualified during this year and got enough championship points. They will have a whole separate day of Swiss. Obviously, that's going to create a lot of overlap. So I don't really know how they're going to treat 
uh, CP from 2020 and how they're going to compete with the people in this year's competitions. My hope is that they split it up. So, like, if you already qualified in 2020, you literally – it's almost like you don't even have a reason to gain CP for this year. It's not going to help your status. But it gets really it gets really weird because as a pro and, – and we're not necessarily a professional podcast by any means. But, Joe, if you're a pro and you already qualify for Worlds in 2020 and you don't need any CP, what's your motivation for competing? Or is it, or is it frowned upon to be competing? Like, how would I'm, you feel as a pro? I'm going to assume, because not all details are out about what they're going to do for this whole thing. They're just kind of generally going over the layout. Um, but my assumption would be, if you qualified in 2020 and then qualified in 2021 slash 2022, my assumption is that you will automatically day two if you qualified for both days. Oh, so you're saying if you hit both thresholds. Yeah. I never thought about that. So if you if you hit let's say 500 in 2020 and then you hit a new 500 in 2022 that you'll get mm. the opportunity just to skip everything Thursday and Friday. Yeah, you go Saturday Sunday. That's really not a bad idea. Cuz it it still motivates you to compete for that spot. You know, it's like when you compete for top 16 to get like the travel voucher or whatever. Mm. I do think that's a really interesting way to to do it. I actually hope it is like that. I agree with you. I really hope it is like that. As you said, we don't know all of the updates, but Again, just to sum it up, people that moved up a division this year will be moving up anyway, so it's not like anyone is held back a year. There's no one that's frozen. All of the championship points follow over. They carry over to the next season, and because of that, there will be two different requirements for Worlds. One day for people that qualify beforehand, one day for people who qualify during this year. Joe, is there anything else I'm missing in terms of the big, the big points on that piece of news? Nope. All right, cool. Again, if you want to know more about it, it's a lot of information, and, and not all of it is complete right now. Spend some time, go over to Poker Beach, and read through it, Pokemon.com, again, wherever you tend to get your news. Now we get into the cards. Again, as I said at the beginning, I'm going to kind of be skimming through some of these cards. I'm going to kind of be taking my time on others. It really just depends on what we agree on, Joe, because some cards you may be like, what is this? I could care less about this. Other cards you might want to talk about more in detail, such as Lycanroc. The first card we're going to talk about is the most recent one, Galarian Berserker. This is the first card where there really isn't a lot to talk about here. It's a stage one metal. It has 120 HP, and the only notable thing that it does is for one metal, it searches for up to two basic energies and attaches them to your Pokemon in any way you like. Is there any other additional information that we need to share about this card, Joe? No, I would just basically label it as a card that is not irrelevant that's printed. A card that is not irrelevant that is printed. Because the only time you get like printed cards, you're like, okay, Pokemon just printed a card just to print a card. That's like 80% of them. Yeah, at least the first tag can be useful. That's fair. At least, at least energy acceleration is okay, but giving up a prize for it, probably not the best idea, especially being a metal type. Moving on, we have a Chansey and Blissey. Chansey is just a Chansey. Blissey is a stage one, colorless, 130 HP, has the ability Rounded Skill. Each of your Pokemon with an Everybody Rollout attack takes no damage from the attacks of your opponent's Pokemon VMAX. For three colorless energy, has the attack, as you could have guessed, Everybody Rollout, and this attack does 20 damage for each of your bench Pokemon that has that same attack. It maxes out at 
A hundred? For three energy? This is a really bad card, right, Joe? Yeah. It's a cool card. I think the ability is really neat. I I think it's a I think this will be a deck that I'll build if I'm playing against some kids that have come to league. Like you're learning how to teach. You're gonna teach the game. Yeah, I gotta play this Femax down. Uh, yeah, you can't do anything about it. Sorry. Just smoke them with Blissey, Jigglypuff, Sandshrew, and Wooloo. Yep. What a deck. And yes, those are the other cards posted on this list. The only thing notable about them is they all have the everybody rollout attack as well. So again, you have Blissey, Jigglypuff, Zantru, and Wooloo. Cool Pokemon. You have printed everybody rollout. Shoutouts to Miltank. It's a weird that Miltank isn't in this list, seeing as rollout is basically its signature attack. But Wait, what if they have a Miltank V that has rollout? Was, you mean everybody's rollout? Yeah. Now we're talking. Yeah. Miltank VMAX, everybody roll out. Do 150 damage per everybody roll out tack on the bench. Yeah, 150 plus 30 for every bench Pokemon with everybody roll out or something stupid like that. You have fighting coverage with Sandshrew. You have psychic coverage with Jigglypuff. And I'm sure our friend Nick will play that deck for sure. Yeah, shout-outs to Nick, everybody roll out. Not a very good card, but it is a Blissey. Next, we are going to move to our first V. I'm going to try to keep it on the days that these cards were announced. We have Suicune V. Suicune V is a water basic with 210 HP, has the ability Swift Runner. During your turn, if this Pokemon is in the active spot, you may use this ability and draw a card. So it's kind of like... Uh, there is an Audino that has an ability that's very similar to this, a baby Audino. Mm -hmm. For one water and one colorless, Blizzard Rondo, 20 damage plus 20 for each benched Pokemon, including your opponents. So for a water and a colorless, you're at max doing 220, which is pretty Correct. good for the energy cost. Uh, it's weak to lightning, has a retreated to. Joe, the attack is okay, right? Yeah, uh, if this was a rapid strike, I would I'd be cool with it. Like it's still great. I mean, it's a it's a weird tech thing that you can put around maybe. Well, it's classic water, right? It's the classic we're going to give water another tool to use that could be really really cool, but when do you use it? Probably never. Yeah, there there's like you said there's a lot of text for water and so it's like whatever you want to use, it's cool. Yeah, I I really wish this card could have more viability, but I do I do think that is a very valuable attack. Like, yes. really valuable attack, because... It, it, it can be. Not to mention, playing playing Eternatus, that could be a lot more lethal. Oh, totally, because they're going to have, what, eight on the bench? So just their bench alone is, what, 160? 160 plus another 100, right? 260 plus 20. Well, uh, that, will knock out, that will not knock out a, a full VMAX now. I, but it's still good enough as attack, right? You put it on the field, two energy. We're in a three-prize card game, so two prizes aren't very important. Suicune might be better than we think. It could be. But that's a card we put in the back pocket for later. I, I guess it depends how, how popular Eternus gets. I agree. Which with, with Path to the Peak, it will be a big question whether or not Eternus does continue to rise or not because that card does shut off the main function of that deck in a lot of ways. And it also shut off Swift Runner, too. It does also shut off Swift Runner. Not as important, but it does. The other card during that post is a Curum. It is a Dragon-type, 120 HP, 
Two water, one metal, extreme freeze. It does 60 damage. You discard any water energy from your Pokemon, and this attack does 60 for each card you discarded in this way. Again, another very decent attack. Water, water, metal is tough. I would be very happy if it was like water, metal for like 40 times. So a little less damage, but you still have the same effect. And it's a little more achievable. That being said, though, it just turned into reprint. That's all it is. That's true. It is. Which Turnator saw some play, though. Yeah, Turnator will because it was all fire. Yes, it was all fire, and it was a really nice baby, baby tech in a deck because it also wasn't fire type, correct? It was dragon as well. Yeah. It was a dragon, so you had that ability. Weak to fairy. And now, weak to nothing. Finally, we get to the big post. This came on the same day that the Suicune did, but it just has way more to unpack. Joe, we will start with your boy, Lycanroc V. It has finally happened. Joe, we knew Lycanroc would show up eventually, and it is going to be coming to our, our metagame in the August set. Lycanroc V is a fighting basic for 200 HP, one fighting energy rock throw for just 40 damage, two fighting in a colorless, crushing fang for 200. This Pokemon cannot attack next turn. Weak to grass and retreat a one. Lycanroc VMAX, 320 HP, for one fighting does hunting claw. Choose one of your opponent's Pokemon in play with 60 HP or less remaining. That Pokemon is now knocked out. For two fighting in a colorless, it does max edge, 190 damage, and this attack does 30 damage to one of your opponent's benched Pokemon. Still weak to grass, still has a retreat of one. Uh, the highlights are, for three energy, 190 and snipe 30 is pretty decent. This is not a single, nor is it a rapid strike card, so there's no additional supporters there. But you have a synergy that you want to talk about, Joe, that would make Lycanroc VMAX a really cool deck. Yeah, so everybody remembers uh, Glare and Rapidash V, where it's able to knock down to 100 HP. Uh, there was a card revealed about two weeks ago, which we didn't really talk about, and that's okay. But now it's actually more relevant. Is There's a Clay Doll that was revealed, 120 Fighting Type Stage 1. Uh, well, the irrelevant part really is... Um, colorless, colorless, rapid spin, 3 damage, switch this Pokemon with one of your bench Pokemon. If you do, your opponent switches their active if one of their benched. But the more relevant one is the Fighting Fighting, Ancient Seal. Put a damage counters on your opponent's active Pokemon until it remains 60 HP. So there's definitely some synergy between Claydol and uh, Lycanroc VMAX, where uh, easy probably three prizes depending how things are played. Yeah, if you can find a way to make Claydol function and put an opponent's Pokemon to 60 HP, I guess there's healing cards out there. There's ways to get around it, but they're not very common. But like on the flip side too, it's like even if you pull that Pokemon out of the active, right? Whatever you got not hit by Claydol. The nice thing about Hunting Claw, it doesn't matter where it is on the board. It's at 60 HP. It's done. Right, which is cool. I'll be interested to see how Lycanroc VMAX gets played outside of you, because I know you will be playing it a lot. What are your honest op honest opinions of it? <sighs> In the real meta world, probably not too much right now until things more get revealed. Like, obviously, Claydol is a partner with it, but we'll see what kind of support comes out as time goes. Um... But I want to make it work, and I'm, the most exciting thing about Lycanroc, I'm excited about Lycanroc V and VMAX, is waiting for the alternate arc, because everybody's getting one. So That's I'm true. excited for that. Is it going to be just this Lycanroc, or are we going to see multiple Lycanrocs? 
I don't care what it is. I am super excited about it, and I have so many ideas in my head of what's going to happen, but I'm sure whatever they come out with, because they've been knocking out the park, is going to be beautiful. That's a good point. So there's Lycanroc VMAX. The next card on the list is Golurk V. Uh, Golurk is a Pokemon that I know, Joe, you mentioned. Just You wouldn't have expected it to get a V, but here it is. It is a single-strike Psychic type with 220 HP for one Psychic 2 colorless Mega Punch for just a flat 80. For two Psychic 2 colorless Rewind Beam, 180 damage, and if your opponent's active Pokemon is an evolved Pokemon, remove the highest stage evolution card to de-evolve it and return that card to your opponent's hand. It's weak to dark, resist fighting, has a retreat of three. Golurk V is a really fascinating card because four energy is a lot, but with the single, uh, the single strike mechanic slapped onto the card, you start to enter this realm where hitting 180 to 210, 200, like all those damage modifiers, and then devolving, that could really introduce some really, really cheesy knockouts with VMAXs. I mean, if you have two single strike energies on this and you're hitting 220, now you're potentially, probably, I should say, knocking out the V that is underneath the VMAX. And if you devolve it, then it gets knocked out. Granted, you don't get three prizes. So do you think Golurk V is going to see play as a psychic tech, or is four energy just a tad too much? I think four energy is a tad too much, personally. I'm kind of leaning that way, too. I really like the card, but it, four energy is a lot. And darkness, weakness is kind of tough right now, even with or without Path to Peak. I mean, you have Houndoom to accelerate, assuming you're using that engine. Yeah, but two yeah. psychic though. Now you're two basically psychic. saying it needs to be in a psychic deck. Houndoom, like we know how things go when you need a stage one support, like Malmar, right? Mm-hmm. So it's, I, I don't think it'll be viable, personally. It's interesting. Could you build a deck around it? Yes, but I, I, I wouldn't waste my time with it personally. I agree with you. I think Go looks really cool. I think that attack is really cool, but I have to agree with you, unfortunately. I think it will be a middle-of-the-road card. Next up, we have an Absol. It doesn't really do a whole lot. It's a baby, 100 HP dark type. Its only notable attack is for two colorless. It switches your opponent's bench Pokemon with their active and does 30 damage to the active. It's not really a whole lot to add there. There is a Hariyama line. Hariyama is a stage 1, 140 HP single strike fighting type. And it has the ability Guts. When this Pokemon is knocked out by damage from an attack, flip a coin. If heads, it isn't knocked out anymore. And the HP becomes 10. For one fighting, two colorless, 100 damage. It's weak to Psychic and has a retreat of 4. Joe, is there anything to add for Absol and Hariyama? I kind of paired them together because I felt like they're just kind of cards that mm. exist. Yeah, no, not relevant. Next up, we also have a Wobbuffet, which is also, again, a single strike Pokemon. Psychic type, 120 HP. For two colorless, has the attack Mirror Pain. Choose one of your bench Pokemon, count the number of damage counters on that Pokemon, and put the same number of damage counters on your opponent's active. The second attack for one Psychic, two colorless, just a 70. That first attack is weird, but the single strike almost doesn't matter because the only attack you're probably going to be using doesn't even deal with damage it deals with damage counters so does it even really matter 
Um, I don't know. It does I don't know. I I think it's an interesting tech potentially if there's a lot of spread going around. Yeah. It could be. Like, I I I find the card intriguing, and I'm not gonna discount it. Mm-hmm. That's something. I guess it's something to know about. Damage counter moving is something that is intriguing enough to know about. Not even moving. It's duplicating. Sorry. Yeah, it is moving. It's du- moving would be awesome. Duplicating is fine. Duplicating is almost even better. Is it though? Because it's one of your own bench Pokemon, right? Oh, it is your own bench Pokemon. I'm sorry. No, I take that back now. Ugh. This is what happens. I don't pay attention sometimes. I do pay attention, but I also when I look at a card, I also sometimes put my own words in there what I want it to be, and well, it wasn't. It was not. But that is Papa Fett. Okay, never mind. The next card on the list is a trainer, single strike scroll, Dragon's Fang. This is a tool that when you attach it to your rapid, sorry, single strike Pokemon, for one fighting, two metal, and two colorless. It has the attack Super Strength Smash. This attack does 300 damage, and you discard all energy from this Pokemon. Uh, nope, nope. Move on. I mean, move on. Well, this only works with Duraludon, right? Maybe. Well, because it uses the same energy type. Yeah. Like I know you want to move on because that's it's five energy for 300. You discard everything, but I mean. Duraldon, Bronzong, it's not the most unheard of thing in the world. Is that all you're going to give me? Silence? <laughs> uh, it, okay. I'm not saying it's great, but hey, if you're saying Wobbuffet is a card you can put in your back pocket, I can I put I lied. Dragon's I told Fang. you I can't read. Okay, well, it's a good <laughs> thing I'm reading the cards then. Dragon's Fang Scroll. We're going to take Joe's opinion on it. Absolute silence. Probably an unplayable card, which honestly is probably correct. Next up, we have Gyarados V and VMAX. Gyarados V is a 220 basic water type for two water, one colorless temper tantrum. This attack does 20 damage times the number of damage counters on this Pokemon. For three water and a colorless, it just hits 180 flat. It's weak to lightning, has a retreat of three, and it's VMAX, which has 330 HP. For two water and a colorless, has Hyper Beam. 120, discard an energy from your opponent's active. And then for three, water and a colorless, max tyrant for 240 damage. This is a very straightforward card. It really doesn't do anything super tactical. I think Gyarados's biggest use is in combination with Memory Capsule, which is a tool that allows you to use a previous attack from a card you evolved from. And having 330 HP... Plus, Temper Tantrum is just a cool attack because if you get hit for 240 damage, you hit back with big, big number, and that's kind of cool. Yeah. I mean, it, it is, do, do you think Gyarados Memory Capsule is enough to be like a rogue deck, or is it still too it, much it, energy? It, it, it could deck if you want, like that Frostmoth, and that's really about it. You have Frostmoth, you have Melanie... But as we know from previous times when we tried doing Glare and Dramanitan for 4 energy, it's not the quite the e- I know you have Frostmoth, but it's not quite the easiest feat either. Well, you're going for 3, right? Because the idea the idea would be to use Temper Tantrum. Yeah. It's assuming you have, you have damage counters on yourself. If you don't, you got to figure something else. you got to hit someone for 4. Well, shoot, if I don't have damage counters, I'm probably winning, right? I hope so. I'm OP. All right, Gyarados VMAX, you're, you're though. You're good. 
It's a, you have a good deck. You have a good deck. You have a good deck with Gyarados VMAX in your hand. It's a pretty interesting card, but I don't mean interesting in like a tactical way. I mean it's just like interesting in the, hey, it's a Gyarados way. Probably another really cool alternative art, to be honest with you. Next up, we have Volcarona V. 210 fire type, one fire energy, surging flames. It does 20 plus 20 for each basic energy in your discard pile, and then shuffles those cards into your deck. For two fire and a colorless, it does 160, and you discard an energy from Volcarona. It's weak to water, has a retreat of two. Anything on Volcarona, Joe? Nope, just your basic Victini tech. Your basic two Victini tech. Isn't this One what a, Isn't this what a Victini Prism did? Yeah, it was two times. So it was two that, energy, and it was two times. Yeah, but one prize versus two prize. I. I, I think this is a, is a fine one pri- uh, two prize tech. In Victini VMAX? Anywhere, really. Any fire deck. Well, I guess it's just basic energy, so you never know. Volcarona could just be a cool card to have. Next up, we have Metacham. Metacham V is a fighting type with 210 HP. It is a rapid strike Pokemon. For two colorless, it has Yoga Loop. Put two damage counters on one of your opponent's Pokemon. If your opponent's Pokemon is knocked out by this attack, at the end of your turn, you can take another turn. This attack can't be used if any of your Pokemon used Yoga Loop during your last turn. For one fighting, two colorless, smash, uppercut, 100 damage, and this damage is not impacted by resistance. Joe, what are your thoughts on Yoga Loop? It potentially scares me. We could be entering into potentially another... ADP situation, personally, uh, with the amount of Rapid Strike spread and Baby Intellions, uh, we might be hitting into some world of hurt pretty soon, I think. You think this card is going to be terrifying? Imagine looping a couple turns in a row. You can't. Why not? It It literally says you can't use it two times in a row. Uh. Well, it's still like, taking two turns in a row, like you knocking out three prizes in two turns. I feel like it's very difficult to pull off 20 damage remaining on each Pokemon, yeah? I guess what you're saying is with Inteleon Tick. It would be a later game it would be a later game card. That would be really crazy. I guess we'll have to see. I don't I don't I don't think it's gonna be as scary as you think it's gonna be. You literally just compared it to the most oppressive card in Pokemon. I don't know if Metacham is going to be that. But I guess it's a cool tool for Rapid Strike to have available, yeah? Yeah. That's, that's probably I, I, as far as it goes. I would, if I'm playing Rapid Strike, I'm tucking one of these in. I think honestly. it'd be cool. I think it'd be cool. It would be. I agree. It'd be cool to tech in. We have a few more Rapid Strike Pokemon. We have Cloyster. Um, Cloyster for one water, one colorless, does 60 damage and hits 30 to two of your opponent's benched Pokemon. Also has the ability Shell Armor, takes 30 less damage from attacks. As a stage one, 60 split 30. Joe, you're the spread king. Does this card interest you at all? It does. If for some reason I'm playing Rapid Strike and I'm having a hard time against um, uh, Decidueye, I, this counts for numbers, potentially. I I, I like it. What am I going to play it? Probably not, but it's I'm not going to discount it. Fair enough. We have a Rapid Strike tool card called Flying Dragon Scroll. For one fire, one lightning, Meteor, 
Discard two energy from this Pokemon, and it does 90 to one of your opponents benched. This card would be cool, other than the fact that it's a requirement of Fire and Lightning specifically, right? Yeah. It kind of makes it unplayable at that point. Except for, like, Rayquaza. Right? I mean, you can attach it to a Rayquaza VMAX and use this, but other than that, you're really not working with a whole lot. Yeah. And finally, we have the Jumpluff line. Basically, to sum it up, this is something that Jumpluff has done before. Skiploom has the ability where once you evolve it, um, or sorry, once you attach an energy to this Pokemon, you may search your deck for a Pokemon that evolves from this, being Jumpluff, and evolve it right away. So if you evolve from Hoppip into J Skiploom, attach an energy, it goes right into Jumpluff, has the ability Fluffy Combo Strike. This Pokemon may attack twice a turn. And then for one, Grass just hits for a flat 60. What do you think of Jumpluff, Joe? Uh, it's interesting, especially with the the attack. We're gonna do it. We're gonna attack twice. This were this might be the Pokemon where you see the Rapid Strike uh, tool attachment text. Interesting, Personally. because you can do it twice. Imagine doing Rapid Strike scroll twice, or doing that and then hanging sixty. Mm-hmm. Like, there's something cheeky going around here, or potentially cheeky going around here. That's it's. I, something you need to dive deeper into i agree there's a lot of interesting cards that we got revealed today so as a listener we encourage you to go check that out as well because again we kind of ramble through these cards give our own opinions but each player has their own playing style so when you look at a card you might have a totally different opinion than what we have that pretty much wraps up our show though we covered a lot talked about a lot of different things Joe, is there anything you would like to say before we close out this week? Everybody have a good weekend. Yeah. Enjoy your week. Enjoy time with family and friends. Play Pokemon. And we'll see you next time.